it's really important as a basketball team that you guys understand that on any given night, you can beat anyone. But it's equally important that you understand that on any given night, anyone can beat you. If you guys think that just because you beat them earlier in the season when you played them, that you're automatically going to win tonight, then you're a fool. You really have to understand and believe that you can beat anybody. As long as you stay on the same page, as long as you work together, play together, and don't think about anything but winning as a team. If I spend every waking moment trying to just beat you, eventually that becomes a shallow life. That can't be what motivates me. Again, I want to beat you. You barely even know me, and you, and you want to beat me. I still me. would like to beat you, and I'm taller than you. <laughs> I'm probably not as quick. I just need you to give me 16 minutes. You give yourself 16 minutes of your best. And win or lose, you will always have this moment. You will always have each other. And you will always have yourself. Who wants to play some basketball? Ian McLeod, Vince McCauley. Today, it's the coach's turn on the road to the BBL Cup Finals. And now your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Okay, welcome back to the road to the finals. It's time for the coaches to have their say, and we are joined by Coach Ian McLeod of the Newcastle Eagles. I believe you know this reprobate of a host of mine, so introductions are not needed. So, Coach, thanks for joining us here on the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And then let's welcome young Reeks Alderson into the room, making a name for himself on Sky Sports already. And now time to shine here on the BBL show. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. Welcome to the show, guys. Firstly, Mac, congratulations on the Coach of the Month Award. And many have talked about the complexity of replacing someone like a Fab Florinoy, but you stepped up in your first year and picked up a trophy right off the bat. And if we kind of look at your coaching career, you know, you spent a lot of times in the junior ranks with GB and then coaching at Gateshead. But what would you say was the biggest adjustment for you you know, making the transition from coaching juniors to stepping up and coaching men? The increased focus on, on the Friday night results or whatever you play. I've said this a few times. With juniors, you can have a great five days of practice. Everyone's developing. You can see that they're trending in the right direction. They're improving. Maybe you, don't, you, maybe you play EABL on a Wednesday and you don't get the result, but it's okay. You're tracking the right way. Everyone's happy. You're doing a good job. You've got a good program. You can have five good practices in a BBL, lose on Friday, and it's a bad week. You know, it's totally irrelevant. We're getting better, and this guy's work a little bit on his jump shot is not... Uh, it, we say it's, 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 it's important, but realistically, it's uh, the, the mind shift, the mind that sets shifts massively. Look, Drew talks often about you guys trying to push for that 100 possession mark. You know, you have that six seconds or less mentality, which I love. But what intrigued me is in the semifinals, you seem to intentionally play slightly slower. You alluded to it on Sky Sports as well last weekend. Can you give us some context into the thinking behind that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not as... I've heard it described as run and gun. I think that actually does us a disservice. 
we're not looking for a shot in the first six seconds. You know, it's not Mike D'Antoni stuff. It is within four seconds, actually. We want the ball within 30 feet. Now, that's not to necessarily get a shot attempt. That's to put the defense on their heels for our next action. So the hundred I've heard the 100 possessions a couple of times, so Drew's doing a good job of passing that message around. But, yeah, we're looking for that. You know, I like to coach that basketball. You know, when the, when the team are recruited, they like to play that basketball. I'm not interested in walking the ball up the floor with, you know, five, six, seven different actions. And it's, that's for coaches, I tend to feel. Um, players like to play quick. So, yeah, now, when it came to the Leicester game, I figured that they'd probably spend a week preparing for that or at least talking a lot about it. You know, that's the scout report against us. So, I mean, Drew will tell you, we just went hyper-defence. That's what we did all week. We were just hyper-defence-focused. The London game showed us that's where we needed to be. Um, so we made an adjustment, and that, that's what it is. You can't play one way the whole year, um, but by mo- no means do we, do we go away from that as a team. And that style really fits a team that has so many weapons offensively as well. Like, realistically, you need 100 possessions just to share the ball around just so guys can get their shots. But as you begin to prepare for the London Lions this week, Everyone talks about how, you know, this team has everything covered from, firstly, the depth, the talent, playmakers. They have everything. So for you as a coach, is there any areas that you see that there might be a little weakness that you can exploit as we get to this one-off championship game? I mean, I think the London that we've seen in the last two weeks has been the London that we've been waiting for since October, to be honest. They're up the floor more defensively. You can see what they're doing. You know, they're looking to turn the ball over in the backcourt or at least take people out of the flow of their offense with their length and their athleticism. So that, that's been a bit of a change recently, I think. I think it looks like that now becoming it's become very comfortable for them. And they're looking to speed the game up and they're doing it with their defense, not their offense. As far as weaknesses go, I, I always say against London, or we have, we've said previously, we need to be more together than them. And I think in, in the two times we have beaten them, we've shown that we were, we were a better unit. I'm not talking about basketball. I'm talking about cohesion. I'm talking about willingness to share the ball. But, you know, in the last couple of weeks, they've showed that they could do that as well. So it's going to be extremely tough. It should be a hell of a game. It regards the individual technical weaknesses, I'll probably not mention that right now. <laughs> yeah, to keep keep some secrets because you know that Coach Vince is our number one fan here on the show. This was kind of answered a little bit, but I want to go in a different direction with it. So the Lions, they, they, they seem to have hit their stride at the right time. And I think they'll come into this final with huge confidence. Is the defensive length that seemed to cause teams issues? And we've seen that affect you guys also. As a coach, does that require a lot of focus or do you look to your experienced players to have just learned from that and make the necessary adjustments? I think when we talk about that defensive length, they've always had the length. Obviously, no one's grown, you know, four inches of wingspan suddenly in the last couple of weeks. It's how they're using it that's different. It's similar to our pace. The first time teams saw our pace, we were just running guys off the floor. Then suddenly we started seeing like, teams wouldn't put rebounders in on free throws. You know, or they just put one in, or they'd only send one guy to the glass. So adjustments start to be made. I think what we've seen now in the last couple of weeks, you know, we saw it in the Bristol game last night, is, okay, they've started to do this now, so now we game plan for it. Did we game plan, really, to get out of their double teams in the full court with their press? A little bit we talked about it, but no more than we would with the team that decides to press a little bit anyway. So now it becomes the focus of teams going to play them as opposed to just a consideration. Yeah, no, I love it. Some good insight right there. Okay, Reese, thank you so much for being patient. 
I, I want to focus on you for a minute. So where did the idea come from for you to start giving your thoughts on games? Well, I started by starting my fan page up, nothing big, just starting it up. And then I thought I had an idea just ping into my head, thinking that, oh yeah, I could do some game reports and I think everyone would love them. So I decided to start doing them. Started uh, pretty big, everyone liked it. And then BBR Buzz got in contact with me, went in to do some Sky Sports things, and then now I'm being uh, asked to go into the BBR show. We love it. So how did, how did it feel to be asked to go on Sky Sports? That's big time. Yeah, it was um, very, you have a different, you have different feelings for everything. Uh, it was a very strange feeling. You've, I've never felt it before, but it was very, I was very excited to be asked by uh, a very big company to do some reports. It's a great start for sure. So, okay, Reese, I understand you have a question of your own for Coach Mac. So go ahead and shoot your shot. Can you do any player slash coach impressions? Player impression. <laughs> because he's here, I have to do Drew Lasker. Oh, uh, here we go. It doesn't matter what I call a play or what terminology I use, Drew's going to change it. So we, <laughs> we, have, we used to have a player called Chicago. Drew would be bringing the ball down the court and he'd start going, shy town, shy town. <laughs> <laughs> I used to turn to Fab. I said, is that a game adjustment? Is that a new play? Shy town. He'd always be calling it. Oh, man. Hey, I just like to add a little spice to it just with your little hammer. You hammer. Can, yeah. The guys get on Mac about the way he says hammer. And they said, yeah. no, it's not hammer. It's hammer. That's Drew Lasker. I'm on the rock. I'm on the rock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ball to everyone else. <laughs> That is brilliant. Reese, have you, have you got an impression of your own? Yes, I do. Yo, brother, want to play some basketball? <laughs> <laughs> is it, that's like every player in the BBL, right? Every American in the BBL, right? Well, oh, I've got to guess. Jay Marriott. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We, we need to work on that Janner accent, so we'll get a couple of sessions in. And uh, I'll send you some clotted cream, a couple of pasties, and then you'll be ready. That was good, buddy. I appreciate it. Okay, so Reese, just quickly, who do you think will be the MVP of this final? Mm, it's hard. Careful, man. Mm. A couple of plays in mind, actually. Don't worry, Reese. You won't hurt my feelings if you don't pick me. It's okay. You can eliminate me right now. He does love a final, though. He does love a final. Loads of players that I could choose. I probably have to go with London Lions, DeAndre Liggins. What? Oh, get cold. Ooh. DeAndre Liggins. So is this the winning team MVP or is it a losing effort? Well, I would have to say that it's the winning team. Wow. This is the twist nobody expected here on the show. We have got Reese Alderson right here, Eagles fan. He's got he shot a shot and gone with the London Lions. And wait, Jay, for our listeners out there, he's actually dressed up in Eagles gear from head to toe. He has all the posters <laughs> behind him, and he just U-turned on us and picked the London Lions to win. Wow. Coach Mack never gives anything away, but like literally his eyebrows just sunk slightly with that one. So we will leave it. <laughs> reverse right psychology, Reese. I know what you're doing. It's reverse psychology. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, that was a great ending. What a shock ending to that part of our Newcastle Eagle segment. 
Reese, thank you so much for joining us. Coach McLeod, we wish we could go on longer, but appreciate you giving us just a little bit of your time. Good luck for the finals, and we will speak to you both soon. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Jim. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Here we go. Okay, Coach Vince of the London Lions, welcome back to the show. Thank you for your time in this build-up. Oh, no, pleasure to be here with you guys. You're doing a terrific job. We love it. We love seeing you come back in the room. And then let's also welcome in the room star of Zion's Timeout Talk, Zion Robinson. Welcome, buddy. Thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. I, I'm, I'm not sure I know your dad. Like, who is he? Can you introduce him? Who is that guy? Of course we know him. <laughs> Justin, how you doing, buddy? Welcome to the room. I'm good, man. Thank you for having us, man. You're very, very welcome. No doubt. Thanks. Thanks for coming in. Okay, uh, Coach, I hope you don't mind me fraternizing with the enemy here as my host. Hopefully, <laughs> um, we can call a truce and allow him to stay in the room. Don't give away too many secrets. Well, as long as he stays there on the 24th, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know it's all love. You know I know how to separate the two. Oh, but, uh, well, Coach, the, I guess the big question that everyone is interested in here, and this is fascinating leading up to the cup final, which is on Sunday, is obviously you guys start your European expedition the following week. So I'm assuming that you guys are going to be traveling there on the Monday and then followed by three games in a bubble. But I want to know, how do you guys plan to navigate the preparation aspect? So this week leading up to the finals, do you kind of prepare for both or is it just solely focus on the cup final and then, you know, at five o'clock or 6 p.m. on Sunday, that's when you switch gears to this European matchup? No, I mean, the thing is, there isn't enough time to do all of that, you know, and this is high level. I think, you know, the first thing is when you look back to when we first entered the competition, uh, I think it was 4th of August we began practice. We didn't know if there was going to be a BBL season. So to be honest, for the first two or three months, we thought we were only going to play European games. There was going to be no BBL competition. Once we knew the BBL competition was actually happening, then of course that added all of that to, to our plans. Um, and as we've gone through, we've gotten into a rhythm of how we prepare for each game. I mean, Justin's on the call here now. Justin's very steadfast about making sure that we scout the opposition, we look at tape, we prepare stuff, we walk on the floor. So we have to cater to that. A lot of the guys that we've got on the team are very steadfast on the fact that if we're playing a game the next day, we must practice the day before. There's no days off, all those kinds of things. So there's a lot of things that we've fitted into our plan. But specifically when it comes down to the games, you know, you know, we've looked at this almost, you know, we had, um, I'm just trying to think if it was just before Christmas when we had like a five game run in, um, in 10 days. That really right. helped us. And we used that like a bit of a dress rehearsal. And I think we won all of those games. Now, we've looked at this two weeks just the same way. Um, we've got, we are fortunate enough now that we're back in our regular practice facility. We've got a TV screen there. So for instance, whilst we were preparing for Bristol, we had uh, the Polish team. Anvil, we had their tapes out there. We've, got, we've done their, their scouting breakdown. We had that on the video. So in between breaks, in between you know, just relaxing or after shooting or when we're eating or whatever it is, we have a chance to look at the games, you know. And, and, and our focus has been with the guys that every time we step on the floor, we have to get better. Every time we step on the floor, we have to get better. So, in fact, it's, you could argue that this has worked really well for us in terms of the way you know, we played the two best teams in the league apart from ourselves, in, in yourselves, Newcastle and Leicester in the last week. We've had a game on the road against Bristol. We're going to a final. So actually, it's been going upwards and upwards and upwards. So that preparation-wise is, 
you know, we're going to, you know, we have everyday practice this week. We're going to travel the day before to go to the final. We expect a very highly contested, high-level basketball game. And hopefully that puts us in the, in the right frame of mind for, for those three games upcoming. But there was no way we could get to Monday and suddenly try to scout three high-level teams, you know, that we want to beat, to be frank. You know, we want right. to win those games. So, yeah, so that's how we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, tough, tough juggling that for sure. And look, this Lions team, they took a little heat early on in the season, you know, and for fans and for us at the media, the, the early struggles of, of such high expectations, it's almost like an easy target. It's something that's good to talk about. But... Common sense and experience says it's always going to take a bit of time for it to click. It doesn't matter what guys that you bring to the table. If you're bringing a new team in, it's going to take some time. Were you ever concerned or did you feel really, really relaxed that the team were just going to come good at the right time? I mean, I wasn't concerned. I mean, obviously, you want to be playing good basketball, but nobody, you know, you want to be playing your best basketball when things are decided, which is post-January. You know, you don't win anything in August. Um, what you want to do is you want to get the guys in, you hope that the research you've done on the guys, that they're good fellas. That's the important thing. You hope they gel with everybody else. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's bad enough when you make a lot of changes and you have a 10-man squad. When you make a lot of changes and you have a 16-man squad, it just takes time. I mean, if you're playing five on five on the floor, there's six people standing on side. You know, so how do you schedule your practice to make sure that you actually, you know, get everything that you want out of practice? Otherwise, one, one person's there and has only had a half of practice. We spent a lot of time talking to Byron Mullins and to DeAndre Liggins about practice in the NBA. You know, what does it look like over 82 games? You know, there's no, you could argue there's almost no time to practice, you know, and everybody talks about that. So, you know, then we learned about some of the works that, work that they do as individuals, as groups, as couples, and we built that into what we do. So really, we're active, you know, every day, all the time on the floor. And, um, and as everybody has understood you know, I've got four or five coaching staff, you know, which have continued to grow over the last three years because you need that. Um, but also that's another four or five people that need the right message and the right communication and the right relationships. So it was always going to take a bit of time, but I thought we had classic guys on the team. I know Justin's on the call, but I've always said, you know, Justin, Joey Kimwin and Andre Lockhart, you know, they're the three pillars on which we build the whole thing. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, as you talk about this turnaround that you guys have had, um, we've always said here at Newcastle that once the Christmas break wraps up, that's where you kind of want to start getting that momentum and start playing your best basketball. And as we've seen this turnaround from you guys, you know, a lot of your players have received the bulk of the, the credit, such as, you know, Justin Robinson, who's in here with us, DeAndre Liggins. But, you know, here on the BBL show, we want to give you your just due, Vince. And, what I've been most impressed with from your aspect as a coach is the courage for you keeping the bigger picture at the foresight. And what I mean by that is that it's been very clear of how you juggled uh, not only game minutes, but like actually game action. I've seen Justin sit out a game. There's been other guys that sit out, even to the point to where when I, you know, I did the Plymouth game for Sky a couple of weeks ago and Plymouth was kind of making a run and everybody was waiting on you to put Justin and Liggins in, but you stay with those other guys. And I could tell that for you it was about the bigger picture. It wasn't just about the moment. So for you in particular, as a coach, what have you focused on as you try to get this team in the right direction? Well, you know, <laughs> I have, a, I have a, a burning desire inside me about the success of British basketball, you know, and, 
you know, I spent a lot of time with Jimmy Rogers, you know, God rest his soul. And he always told me about there was no difference between me, the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy. It didn't matter which college they went to, which level of basketball they made. There was no difference. You know, we all put the shorts on the same way. You know, so for me, the, the burning desire for us to be successful as a British basketball club is there, you know, and, and that's what I see. And, I, you know, we've maneuvered ourselves over the last ten X amount of years. It hasn't been easy, you know, and once we got to London, it just only got more difficult. But I, I, I stayed steadfast. You know, I always said, you know, when we got Drew Sullivan to come down and play in London, unfortunately for him, it was two or three years too early. You know, we weren't quite ready for that. You know, when we tried to get Justin, you know, we tried to get Justin a couple of years before he came. You know, but the timing was absolutely 100% perfect, you know, and the rest of the guys as they fell in. And I think, you know, I've been kind of, what's the word I can use, uh, justified, if I can say that, you know, as I've seen the success of the British guys, the team that we had that won, that won the championship, the British guys on that team, the success of some of the younger guys that we brought through. And I keep saying to myself, you know what, we can actually do this. And this is, I was talking to my wife the other day, this is where I miss Kevin Cadle because you know, we spent a lot of time together about what that success would be. And there's no question that, uh, you know, if he was still with us today, he'd be running this club right now because that was my ambition for him, you know. But, you know, he, he's always asking me, he's always challenging me, you know. And, um, it's, you know, I might come back and I might say to him, oh, man, you know, this happened at practice or this happened in the game or this player, that player. And I'd go on and on and on. And at the end of it, I'd expect him to support me in some way. And he'd go like, so what are you going to do about it? You know, <laughs> so what, what are you going to do about it? You know, and so this is what we're going to do about it. We're going to get better. You know, we're going to get the investment we, we require. We're going to set some targets. We're going to go where we want to go. And so my belief is, has never wavered. And uh, I just, I believe we're onto something here that's going to be, you know, it's going to turn British basketball. There's no question in my mind. Yeah, for sure. And look, I, I want to focus on one particular player. So I want to talk about DeAndre Liggins a, a, a little bit. Something that, that's really impressed me in recent weeks, so, so we did a, a talk a number of pods back talking about MVPs and different things like this, but like what's impressed me is his level of leadership. Like I think he's shown over the past few weeks that individual stats are not his concern at the minute, winning is. You know, and you can see that because uh, of the way that he is playing. He's playing the right way. You can go back to the game where he assisted Orlando Parker for the 15-foot jump shot when everybody would have expected him to take that big moment. You know, what, what's it been like working with him? And let's ask that question to both you, Coach, and Justin while we've got you in the room. A couple of points that you've made there, which is, you know, he's on selfishness, his leadership, and so on. I mean, leadership-wise, you know, what is leadership? It comes in many, many different guises, you know. And for him, I think earlier on in the season, he struggled with that. He struggled with what leadership was. And he said to me, Coach, I'm, you know, I don't want to lead anybody. I want to be part of the team. I want to do this. I want to do that. And, and I'm like, well, what do you think I'm asking you to do? And he was like, well, you know, like, no, we're not asking you to do all that. You know, we're just asking you to be the guy that wants to fit in, to be the guy that, that's with us, to be the guy that, you know, is encouraging guys and recognizing people. And, for, and I've been watching his development. Uh, and it's really good to see because he's embraced that situation. But he was always going to do that because – his game lends itself to that. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not. I don't want to say that we're sitting on the on, on the side there asking him to score because we're not asking him to score. We know he just wants to assist people. You know, he he wants to play the game the right way. And we've actually come to the conclusion that he's always going to make the right decision. You know, and and, and we're going to live with that. Um, and so, from a leadership point of view, the kind of things that he does, I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but 
when we won the game in Plymouth uh, in overtime and he stole the ball at the end, as he went dribbling off the floor, he waved to someone on the bench, you ready to warm the bus up? Yeah, we're trying to get home, you know, that kind of stuff. He would have never have done that a couple of months back, you know. And um, there's it, it, so many things that he does. On the, you think he's not with you, but he's got you right exactly in front of his eyes, you know. And, and, and he, you know, those kind of things, we turn around and we laugh and we go, oh, wow. You know, yesterday, when we played Bristol and we said about one particular guy that this is, you know, that set shot, blah, blah, blah. And the guy hit a set shot. Look, he didn't say anything, he didn't do anything. He went around, he came in, got a big rebound by our bench. As he went running back, I saw the set shot, coach, I saw the set shot, and off he went. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, Justin, you're, you're playing with this guy. You know, how has he impressed you, especially the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, obviously, in the beginning, you know, you always have to have that cautious mindset or, you know, like the worrying about, you know, NBA guy, he might come on board and be a diva or, you know, have an ego. But right from the start, you know, he's he's coming, he's bought in, he's been very, very humble, you know. And that's been that's one thing I must say about him. And he's always led by example, you know, he he's one guy and you know, I can also depend on the other guys, but he's one guy that you know but when it's when it's time to fight and time to have a war, you know, he's gonna give you a thousand percent, you know. He he goes a thousand miles per hour from start to finish, you know, there's no let up you know, you you never have to question his effort. Um and I think for me, you know, he's definitely made my life a lot easier on, on the court. You know, um, you know, he 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 also handles, you know, the playmaking abilities and you know, pick and roll. You know, he he's looking for me in pick and rolls, or you know, um, so I think me and him have quite a a good you know bond or synergy. You know, um, right. you know, he respects me. You know, like he's he's come to me, asked me for advice, or you know, he give me the ball in critical moments. So he's, I mean, I've been impressed. You know, he's one of those guys that you know. You check the, the uh, stat sheet, and he, he doesn't have many points, but his impact in the game—you know, his assists, his steals, his um, loose balls, you know, deflections—like his um, impact is not defined by scoring. You know, like he does so many little things on the floor, he makes so, so many winning plays that you know it's just contagious for a team. You know? I mean, but when you see an NBA guy pressing a guy at 94 feet, you know, all the other guys have to come on board and just you know just jump on board with him. I totally agree with that, that point, Justin. If you look at the game that we just got, we played you recently, he didn't score a lot and his numbers weren't eye-popping, but for any basketball enthusiasts out there, you could tell he dominated the game. He, had his, he had his imprint all in that game. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Just quickly, Coach, a lot of fans asking the same question. Can we get a little clarity on what's the situation with Byron Mullins? Yeah, I mean, Marin had some family issues back home that he had to go and deal with. And he was doing that around about November, December time. And uh, January, he was expecting the birth of, of uh, his second son. And that went, you know, thank goodness that went very well for him and the family. So at the moment, Byron is at, at home there in the States dealing with that. So probably will not join us this season uh, as we go forward. But he's someone that's in our plans for the future. He, you know, he was very excited about what the plans were here in the UK. But for that short blip ahead of the birth of his child, he'd still be here. But uh, I think he's looking at this this time of his career and where he wants to be. So we're still in conversations about how we extend him here in the future. Good. We'd, we'd love to see him again. He's a terrific player. So, Zion, thank you so much for being patient. I know you were probably listening to all those super big words and thinking, what are they talking about? But I know you're a big Lions fan. Who are your favourite players so far this season? Daddy. Mm. Good answer. The expected answer. Outside of Daddy, we know, look, Daddy's a hero to all of us. He's a BBL star. 
Who else do you like outside of Daddy? Liggins. Liggins. I saw I saw you get pretty excited over Dirk Williams as well when he was doing his dunks. Do you another favourite? Dirk. Anyone else? And Chris. Or Chris. Chris Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, he's a hard worker, huh? We understand there's a lot of options over there, uh, Zion, so <laughs> we understand. <laughs> we love it. Okay, let's get out of your way a little bit. Have you got a question for Coach Vince? Yes. Go ahead. Hey, Coach Vince, we all know that the Lions didn't get to the final in a normal way. Do you think the Lions would be in Manchester given the Giants' great start to the season? No, nah, no, we were confident. I mean... You know, we like what uh, uh, Jamie Edwards is doing up in uh, in Manchester, Zion, and, and um, he's, he's the new ownership down there and he's doing a terrific job. And Coach Danny Byrne, you know, we talk a lot and, and I'm, you know, really excited to see how he, he develops with that group. But uh, but no, we would have won that game, Zion. You have nothing to worry about. We uh, we had a nice encounter with them at the Copper Box and they had their tails up. They forgot that uh, Liggins had three points and your daddy was sitting next to you. <laughs> <laughs> Still had the big guns in the pocket, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, before we all go, Zion, who is going to be the MVP in this cup final? Hmm. Maybe Liggins or Daddy. Liggins or Daddy, I think those are two very good choices. And, and do you think that the Lions are going to take the win? Yes. Ooh, with confidence. Awesome pick. Yeah, he, he didn't even have to think about oh, that. That was absolutely brilliant. Okay, listen, guys, thank you so much for your time. Zion, we need some more time with you later in the season. You were great. Well done, buddy. Coach Vince, good luck for the finals. Do you have any special yes. threads or kicks planned for the finals? Well, you know, it's a final. You're going to have to bring something out. <laughs> Well, <laughs> kicks wise, as you know, I've been wearing my Kobe's. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually, you know, it's going to be a year, isn't it, on the twenty fourth? So right. mm -hmm. I've worn those shoes for a year uh, in honor, in, in homage to, to Kobe. So you know, but um, I did see my shiny gold jacket in the cupboard there the other day. <laughs> I would definitely love to see that. That's for sure. But anyway, guys, we'll we'll let you get on. Thank you so much for your time to everyone. See Thank you again. You Thanks for listening to the BBL Show. The BBL Show is a 21 media original podcast produced by Corey Mallory with your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Keep up to date with the show by following the BBL on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, where you can find details on future episodes, events and fan interaction. Until next time.